I like the way you sort of shook, you know, you moved your shoulder for the goodie bag. I want, I want this goodie bag. What's in the goodie bag? Richard, what's in the goodie bag? I want a goodie bag. Hey, get a goodie bag with the shoulder. Okay, hello everyone, and welcome to week three of the series Prayer. And it's been really good so far. Last week, Mark talked about the problems with prayer. And I know that it resonated with many because I spoke to somebody last week and they hadn't been to church for a long time. I don't think they had really connected with God that much. And they said, you know, just hearing that, it just, it just made me want to come back to church. And I spoke to someone else and they said that point about how shame and guilt can stop you from praying, you know, that really resonated with them and it connected them. So it was a really, really good talk. So if you've missed any of the talks, you can watch them back online. And even in week one, Cheeto, he mentioned how prayer is, is, is two-way conversation. It is about talking to God and listening to God. And sometimes it's so easy to just talk to God and then you just go about your business. But actually, if you just spend time a little bit longer, he might actually talk back. He does talk back. And he talks back through the Holy Spirit. I've never heard God talk audibly. I've never heard him that way. But he normally, to me, I hear him through the Holy Spirit's voice. And when I hear him, I'll hear him maybe in my thoughts or if I read the Bible, if I spend time with other Christians or I see some pictures or somebody else has a picture or actually through circumstances, but he does talk through the Holy Spirit. And if you're not sure and you want to know what, you know, if the Holy Spirit is speaking, spend time with the Spirit, spend time with the Holy Spirit, read the Bible, pray, be in his presence, spend time in worship. And I'm telling you, the more you spend time with the Holy Spirit, it will feel like when there's, you know the difference between hot and cold, okay? So anyway, going back to what Mark said last week, he touched on a point. He said that you need to pray in every circumstance. And that is what I'm going to be talking about today. So the title of my talk today is Talk to God in Every Situation. Every situation, whether it's good whether it's bad, whether it's ugly, whether it's really ugly, whether it's sticky, whether it's messy, whether it's complicated, whether it's boring, talk to God in every situation. So I'm just going to pray. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you for being with us. Thank you that you care so much about us. And I just ask you, Lord, to reveal whatever you want us to know. Thank you, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. This week, that's just gone, my son did his sats. Are there any parents in the room right now where their child did their sats? Yeah, you got a few. And um, I guess, you know, it's over. I'm so glad it's over. And he was, he was okay about it. But um, we had to take him to school really early. And so I remember on Monday, we all went in the car. My husband was in the car with our daughter and I got out the car with Brody and I took him to school. And as we're walking down the road, I see a little boy that he's known since he was four. He goes to another school. In fact, ages ago, I pray, I asked, I, I mentioned that I wanted my son to go to a different school. Well, prayed, he's now in another school. And so we saw the boy from the old school. And um, he's known him since he was four, but he's grown up. And all these kids have grown up. I mean, even as, if you come here, I'm sure like two years ago, a lot of kids were like here and now they're here. 
like Noah Lazenby and Temi and Harvey. They're all big. And I'm sure like all kids were like, I don't know, eight years old. And then now they're doing their GCSEs like in two years. It's like we've been in a time warp. Anyway, so I just started thinking about how my son is growing up. My son Brody, I'm sure a lot of people know Brody. Who knows Brody? Yeah? He's going to be starting secondary school in September, would you believe? Would you believe? And so we're walking to school, and I got excited, the fact that he's going to go secondary school soon, and we're going to take him there. And as we're walking to school, I see that at the door, all the kids in his class, they don't have any of their parents there. And so I say to Brody, Brody, I guess you don't want me to come with you. And he was like, no. <laughs> and I went, okay, well, off you go. And he's like, okay, bye-bye. And he's like, okay, I'm praying for you. Okay, mum. All the best. Yeah, okay. Love you. And he's like, <laughs> and so he's gone off and he's walking 50 feet. And I'm standing behind a tree like a weirdo <laughs> looking at a bunch of kids. I was like looking, you know. And I can see him and all these kids are all having fun and he's standing by himself. And I think, oh, where's his friends? He has got no friends. And then I see a boy walk up to him. And I think, oh, great, he's got, he's got someone. So I turn around to walk and I turn around again. He's on his own again. I'm thinking, oh, no, he's on his own. And I'm standing there and I thought, do you know what? I've got to let him figure it out. I really have to go. And so I walk off. And as I walk off, I start thinking about all the milestones that my son has been through. I mean... He's a, he's a young, he was always a young child. He, his birthday was in the summer holidays. So two weeks before school started, he then, he was three all summer. And then he had to go straight into primary school. And I remember being in Marks and Spencer's, putting on his little shirt. It was too big for him. And I'm crying, going, it's not right. And we went to school and it made me realise that he's got all these milestones coming and I can't be there. He doesn't want me there. Doesn't want me there. And I had a bit of a cry in the car. And when I went home, I cried again. And God showed me, do you see that? That's how I feel. That's how I feel. Yes, God is in every situation. He is king of every situation. But there are times when we are walking with God and then we actually don't want him to be in whatever we're doing. And it's, it's natural for me to not be in every situation with my, with my son, you know. I can't be there when he's got his first date. I can't hold his hand on his wedding night. I can't do any of those things. It's healthy for me to move on. But God wants to be involved in every situation. So that takes me to my first point. Talk to God in every situation because... He wants an intimate relationship with you. He wants uh, intimate, not, not just like any old relationship. He wants to be super close, super tight with you because he is so interested in everything you do. He's interested in it. He wants to be involved in even the good things. A couple of months ago, my husband and I realised that we need to lighten up we need to have fun because all we were doing, if we weren't working, weren't talking to the kids, when we spoke to each other or we weren't like in bed, like watching, I don't know, looking at our phones or something, all we were doing was just talking to each other about family admin. Oh, 
who's picking up the kids? Picking up the kids? Oh, the boiler's coming. Can you, and the boiler, the boiler man's coming. Could you make sure you're at home? Oh, I need some money for this. Oh, could you do that? That's all we were doing or arguing. One of those two, talking about admin or arguing. And so we were just saying, do you know what? We need to line up. We need to have some fun. We need to do things that are fun so we can laugh together. And that's the same thing with God because sometimes we can talk to God about just our problems. That's all we do. We just talk to him about what we want, about a problem. And some of us are not even talking to God about our problems. We're asking people to talk to God for us about, you know, our problems. And then you wonder what sort of, I don't really have much of a relationship. So God wants to be in your fun. He is excited about the things you're excited about. I was at Royston train station yesterday and I was going to Cambridge and there was lots of people on the, on this, um, on the platform and I didn't really twig about that. And then I left a message for Mana, children's pastor, And all of a sudden, I just heard a bunch of people say, here it comes. And I was like, what's going on? I can hear this loud noise. And a steam train, the Duchess, went past. And all these people had their mobile phones out. And I thought, oh, my son likes steam trains. So I went and got my mobile phone out. And I'm filming this Duchess. And then once it went past, I went, and I really hate when this happens, I went to go and press stop. And that's when I was filming. Oh, it's so annoying, so annoying. That's what I did. And I was like, oh, why that? So all I've got is, oh, and that's it. I've just got like one second or something. (laughs) And then so all these people were just so elated and they all went. And there was a man there next to me. And because he saw me filming, he obviously thought I liked trains. And he said, did you see that? Isn't that amazing? And I was like, yeah. And he said... I haven't seen that train since I was a child. My dad went on that train and he was just welling up. And because my son for eight years has loved trains, I know how I I, I get excited when I'm with my son about the train. So when this man was just welling up that he saw the Duchess, I really felt it for him. And then he walked off and I felt God say, you see that, Denise? That's how I feel. I want to be in what excites you. I want to be in, I want to share that with you. I want you to talk to me about the things that you're passionate about. Don't just talk to me about the problems. I am so interested in you. I want to have a relationship with you. I want to have an intimate relationship with you. That's what we need to do. We need to talk to God about everything. The next thing is that he wants us to be honest He wants us to be real. He wants us to be raw with him. He wants us to be vulnerable and to say how it is. Call a spade a spade if we have to. Not if we have to. He wants you to just say how it is. Say how it is. Doesn't matter. Because he knows anyway. He knows everything that you're going to do in in the future. He knows it. And when we're honest, that's when God has a chance to move. He can do things and change situations when we are honest, and it starts with us being honest with ourselves. Like if you're going on a journey and you're looking on a map, you've got to look at where you are. So you've got to be honest with yourself first and then be honest with God, and then he can do something. There's this person that I know that I was so irritated by them, so irritated that if I actually thought about them, it would ruin my day. And so it did, and... um, 
And so I, um, we have a mutual friend and I saw that friend the other day and she was talking about this person, really lovely things, and I thought, <clears throat> and it just really irritated me. And then I was walking home and I said, God, I can't, I can't do this anymore because it, I just feel awful when I think about this person. And I felt God say to me, what's the problem? And I went, okay, I'm jealous. I'm jealous of her. I'm jealous of this person. And I just felt something shift and I felt God say, ah, oh, there you go. Now we can do something. You see, I was jealous because she seemed so successful and it just seems like she lands on her feet in everything she does. And so I just confessed that to God and then I realised something about myself because my jealousy actually said a lot more about how I saw God. I actually thought that maybe God liked her better than he liked me and that he can cherry pick who he wants to bless and it's silly because I am blessed. It's a lie but I thought that he liked her better than me. And then he also said something else about my identity because I was jealous about her success and the fact that she bought a Tesla and all this silly stuff. Not that having a Tesla is wrong. It's just that I was feeling rubbish about that. And I'm just, being, I'm just saying it's silly. It's silly. But I then realised about my identity. You see, I was putting materials and success. I was making that be about who I am as a person. And my value is in Jesus, not about what I have. I don't even know how to say Tesla. Is it a Tesla? Uh, Yeah, I want one. I can't even say properly. Is it Tesla? I keep wanting to say Telstar. It's a Tesla, right? Okay. So it showed me, just the jealousy showed me my position, my view, my distorted image of God and also my distorted image about myself. And it brought me closer to, um, it just brought me closer to God. So he wants us to be honest because then something happens. Situations change when we are honest. He also wants us to be vulnerable with him. He wants us to give him everything Give him our desires. And that can be really hard sometimes to really be honest to God about what you want. Somebody this week just challenged me to pray about my job, to see if God can change my job situation. And I was like, oh, I don't know if I want to do that. It might not be the best job situation, but I don't want to then go and ask God that, can I have another job? Because then that's going to open me up to wanting more. And then once I want more, I'm going to be more, you know, I'm open to disappointment. I don't know if I want to pray about it. But I felt challenged to do that. And two nights ago, God woke me up about three in the morning, telling me, showing me something that he did for me 25 years ago, just because it meant so much for me. And he did it. I really wanted to go to California, just wanted to go. And I had this little globe. And I just used to look at California and think, I just want to be there. And I want to be right there. I want to see that part. And I remember meeting someone from California and they invited me to to stay with them. And I flew to San Francisco. And as we were landing, the pilot said, look, we can't land right now because there's just so much traffic. So we're going to have to go up higher. I just want to have to let you know that I used to look at this globe for over two years and just look and just think, I want to be right there. I want to see where where the sea is just there. I just want to be there. I don't even know why. I used to just think it in my stomach. And then when I was on the plane, and because we had to be up, up really high for 40 minutes, 
I'm looking down and I can see the top of California. That place that I'd looked on that globe for over two years, I could see it. It was like I'm, I was looking at my globe again, but I was really there. And I remember just feeling like God was saying, look, I'm telling you, I will give you even those secret desires that you don't even vocalize. I know them. I know them. And I felt like God was showing that to me again this week. And I want to just say that to someone. Maybe someone here has just lost hope. They stopped dreaming. And I believe God wants to encourage you to dream again, especially after the pandemic. Maybe there's been so many changes, so many disappointments, so many cancellations, and you've just had to survive and you've stopped dreaming. And he wants you to dream again. All those bits deep down that you are scared to actually vocalize. He knows them. Talk to him about it. Talk to him in those situations. He cares so much about you. I don't know when they're going to happen, but he wants you to dream again. Okay, we can, this is the next point, we can be honest with God. We can be safe to be honest with him because he loves us. Now, maybe for some people, hearing that God loves you, you've heard it so many times that it almost doesn't make, it doesn't even mean anything anymore. I don't know. Maybe it's just me. But that was how I was just over a year ago until last year. I think I got a bit immune to that word. I think I I took it for granted. I took God's love for granted. I got a bit arrogant (laughs) And then there was a situation where I needed to stand in God's love. I needed to know that he loved me. And so what I did, when I read the Bible, I put my life in context to what um, the Bible was saying about God's love for me. And so I just want to read something to you. In Romans 5 verse 8, it says, in fact, this verse came up. Who's got the Bible app? Has anyone got the Bible app? And you get like a verse every day. Do you find that sometimes when the verse comes, it's like, oh, this is just what I need. Always, yeah? Okay, so this one came up, I think, like a week before Easter. And it's Romans 5, verse 8. And it's, but God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And when I heard that, I just was just marveled by it. I just thought, wow. Because where it says, while we were still sinners, the word still, in the Greek, that's eti, which if you look at that, eti means even now, further, more, in addition. That means that while we were still sinning, while we're in a position where we are doing things that we shouldn't be doing, where we're not interested in God, where we might think, you know what, God, I'm just going to carry on doing what I'm doing and then I'll come back to you, or I don't even care about you. He still had a rescue plan. He still wants to save us. It just shows you that God's love is not transactional. It's not about if you do something, then I'm going to help you. Because I know that is a lie. Some people think, you know what, well, I can't go to God because I've done something and I've got to sort myself out first and then I'll go back to him. It's a lie. He loves you. He is so patient with you. He knows that. He knows 
what you're doing. I remember saying to God, God, I'm so empty. I need you so much, but I am so fickle that if the quickest shot comes that will fill in that gap, I'm going to run to it and not you. And I know you're the best thing for me, but I'm just so prone to doing something else because it just feels good in an instant. But he is so patient. He's got so much grace. He hopes in all things. And so we can go to him. We can be honest with him because he loves us. And the next thing I want to say, the last point, is that we can talk to him about every situation because he can take it. He can take it. He can go there. He, no matter what you're in, if it's sticky, if it's messy, if it's unthinkable, if it's really ugly, he can go there. He can go in there with you and it's because every sin, everything has been nailed to the cross. Everything, every sin, everything that you can imagine and can't imagine has been nailed to the cross. And because of that, he can go there with you. Whatever you are doing, he can be there. You can talk to him. I love Romans 8. Um, in fact, before I get to Romans, I'm going to go to 2 Corinthians 5.21. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him we might become righteousness of God. Every sin is on the cross. And sometimes we can feel we can't talk to God in whatever we're doing because of shame. But you know what? Shame and judgment was dealt on the cross. You can go to God with, no ma- with whatever's going on. Romans 8, 38, verse 39. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. That means that whatever situation that you're in, even if it's in the depths of hell, if it is the most terrible thing, he can come into that situation. You can keep talking to him. It is a lie from the enemy that you mustn't talk to God while you're doing something or you're in a situation. Or it's a lie from him to think that you need to sort yourself out. You need to get yourself out of that situation before you can talk to God. Or you need to hide from God because he is right there with you. So do talk to him about every situation. Can we have the band up, please? So... Oh, well, you don't want to Oh, sorry. I've got to go. I've got to go soon. Sorry. <laughs> so the band can come up. So let's just have all of those um, points um, again. So talk to God in every situation. Good, bad, ugly, sticky, messy, complicated, whatever it is. Even if you're someone who likes to just not think and likes to just numb yourself and just be like, you know what, I'm not even thinking. I just want to just check out. Try and just talk to God, even in that situation. And the reason why we can talk to God in every situation is that he wants an intimate relationship with you. And intimacy is messy. Intimacy is sticky. And he wants that with you. He doesn't want a little relationship where you just talk to him about your shopping list of all the things you want and then you just go on your way. 
He wants you to talk to him about everything, even the things that excite you, even just all the amazing things that you're excited about and that what makes you tick. My son loves to chat so much about all these things that excites him and some of them are just a bit too much. But you know what? God's never like that. He wants to hear it. He wants to hear everything. So keep the communication going. Brody, if you hear that, I do want to hear it. Sorry, I just realised that. He might be thinking, oh, right, okay. No, I want to hear it. I'm hearing it. I'm, 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 I'm for it. Okay, so um, you can be honest with him because he loves you. He absolutely loves you. And if you have been like me where that word or just knowing that God loves you, you almost, it's, it's, it's just, it's something you've heard all the time at church and you need to spend time just, been, just being in awe of God's love for you, I encourage you to do that. I encourage you to read what God says about you in his word. I encourage you to spend time with him. I encourage you to put your life in context to what he says about you. Just think about where you are right now. Not if you've been someone who found Jesus 20 years ago and you're just thinking, yeah, 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 I got saved 20 years ago. Think about what you're like now and just think about God's love for you right now. And the last thing is that he can handle any and every situation. There is nothing too crazy, too wacky, too dark, too evil, too, too messy, too horrible that he can't come into. And do you know what? When you keep talking to him and you ask him for help, he will take you out. So I hope you all have a lovely day. God bless you. Thank you.